welcome everyone to another episode of my weird little podcast where we talk about everything and anything that is weird and uh, before anything here's Patrick I'm Tia we're gonna be your hosts today um but I just want to get into this story because let me tell you it is definitely weird um I know there's been like a long hiatus and I want to come back with something really out there uh so I found this story and you know that I have a soft spot for Los Angeles um I lived there for 12 years Jesus <laughs> yeah yeah so yes we lived there for 12 years um as some of you know we are we are out here living in Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas uh for the last two years uh, we worked at a spooky place, and now we work at less than spooky places. Although where I work, it is another museum, but I can't—I will not say because some of you are probably stalkers, and that's cool. You can do that on your own time. Uh, you can be obsessed with me, but please do not come into my personal space. Um, uh, but I highly encourage you to be obsessed with me. Um, no. Uh, they found a footprint in the gift shop uh and like what <laughs> like why would there be a footprint like who's in there with their shoes off in the gift shop and also wouldn't they catch on camera someone you know walking around with their shoes off yeah. uh, they showed us a picture of it and it was like a clear footprint like a wet footprint it was insane um but you know, all museums are haunted. They all have historical pieces that have a lot of emotion attached to them and memories. And the place I work particularly, um, they have pieces that a lot of people have encountered. And a lot of people, like, you know, some of these places have had murders happen uh, in them. And um, it's a very emotional place too. Like people come through there and they get very nostalgic over these things so but anyways on with the story today's weird story is the batman of la and let me sorry there's a weird loud noise outside right when i said that, I that uh, a garbage truck. it's a garbage truck <laughs> um so uh <laughs> that is, thanks garbage truck um so <laughs> let me tell you the Batman of LA is not what you're thinking it is at all. Like in no way, unless you know this story, I'm sure you're like either thinking of a caped vigilante or, you know, bats. Um, it has nothing to do with any of that. And, you know, this predates, the story predates um, the comic book of Batman. So uh, I don't know if, this inspired the name, even though this story has no correlation whatsoever to the Batman story at all. Um, and if any of you can come up with a correlation between the two, please email us. Uh, please let us know. Uh, you can, you know, message me on social media or my TikToks or anything. And uh, yeah, uh, I'd also like to know your thoughts on this when we're finished, um, because uh, it is very strange. So um, I'm going to start out with, well, first off, I'll tell you where I got my information. 
most of this is from Wikipedia. Um, most of this also is from Atlas Obscura. I wanna say I first heard this story on infographics. So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, of course you're familiar with infographics, um, but they do some strange stories sometimes. It's not just like how to, you know, things, but it is some strange stories sometimes. And I'm pretty sure I heard the story on infographics. Um, but yeah, do you watch infographics at all? No, no, I mean, not just, just the stuff that you sent me, really, oh. you know. Okay, like, well, you're missing watch, out, so. I don't do it regularly, I guess. So. Also, oh, we didn't go over this. What are you drinking before I, I get into the story? Right, yeah, I wanted to mention this. Um, this is high C, right? Oh, yeah, because, uh, so I ordered McDonald's for us to eat earlier, and I said iced tea unsweetened, and he gave us high C. Um, and it's also my fault. It's totally my fault because he brought the thing up on the window and he's like, does everything look okay? And I just went, yes. Uh, and it wasn't okay. So that's totally on me. Um, I'm drinking coffee. Um, yeah, nothing special about that. Just drinking this like I drink it every day, all day, every day. And I wonder why I can't sleep at night. Here we go. Uh, so I'm going to start out with a quote from the LA Times from 1930. Nothing in fiction is more dramatic than the story of the sudden quarrel in the hallway, the popping out of an armed jack-in-the-box, the struggle, the slaying, the locking of Mrs. Osterich in a closet with the key outside, and the mysterious disappearance of the slayer back into his cubbyhole. Yes, it must be admitted, fiction has been outdone again. So, um, let's start out with this story. So, Wallaburga Corshell, who goes by Dolly, and I'll probably refer to her as Mrs. Osterich later on, that's her married name, or Dolly. Um, she was born in 1880 in uh, to German immigrant parents. Uh, it is unclear if she herself was born in Imperial Germanly, Germanly, Germanly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> or shortly after her parents arrived in the U.S. Uh, she grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, an area among other fellow German immigrants. Uh, at age 12, Wallaburger worked at the textile mill of Mr. Fred William Osterich, another German immigrant who had become successful and frequently hired fellow immigrants in his factories. So, Wallaburga, is that a Wall, Wallburga? Maybe that's how I keep wanting to say Whataburger. Um, <laughs> and I know that's, that's really, um, so we're just going to call her Dolly, which I see why she was called Dolly, um, <laughs> was by all accounts, an attractive and charismatic girl with many friends among the factory workers. Uh, she quickly attracted Fred's notice and the two of them married when she was 17. So as Fred's wife, Dolly remained popular among her husband's workers, uh, often peacefully resolving lab labor disputes by acting as an intermediary uh, to the more distant and unlikable Fred. 
So she's the popular chick at work and Fred is, well, the boss, you know, and unlikable. But, you know, um, we'll just get into how charismatic she was or is a little bit later. Um, so as Fred's wife, Dolly remained popular. Da, 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 oh, I just said that. Um, uh, da, da, da. From the beginning of the marriage, Dolly was rumored to have invited many lovers into her home during the day while Fred worked at the mills. In 1913, when she was 33, Dolly was introduced to Otto Sandhuber, a 17-year-old sewing machine repairman who worked for her husband. She invited Sandhuber Sand, Sand uh, to her home to fix her sewing machine. Uh, Dolly answered the door wearing stockings and a silk robe and nothing else. <laughs> Uh, in the early days of their affair, Dolly and Otto met in hotels. Uh, soon, they decided to throw caution to the wind and pursue their carnal pleasures from the comfort of the Osterich's marital bed. To avoid suspicion from the neighbors, Dolly explained that Otto was her vagabond half-brother. You know, just my uh, half-brother that I'm doing the nasty with. That's right. Uh, <laughs> right no don't mind the sounds <laughs> you know that's anyway hilarious. so what's that is that that's hilarious right yeah exactly yeah. we're just yeah. working out <laughs> um dolly had a solution otto would quit his job and move into the ostrich's attic which was accessible through a panel in the ceiling of the closet of the bedroom Doll, uh, that Dolly shared with her husband. So she's like, oh yeah, here's the solution. We're just gonna have you live in our attic. Um, you know, cause that's, that's how you do that. You know, not, you know, not have an affair, but, um, or, you know, get a divorce or any of that. <laughs> so Fred never went up there uh, and the two of them would actually continue their tryst safely out of sight from prying eyes. The only caveat was that young Otto would have to abandon all human interaction except for the time he spent each day with Mrs. Osterich. Um, Otto didn't mind. He had no family to speak of. And uh, as the LA Times reported in 1930, he said he grew to love Dolly as a boy loves his mother. Sorry, I'm just pausing so you can all soak that in. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> no. So Otto had a cot, food, a lamp, books, and writing materials. So during the day, he would perform housework in the residence, and at night, he would live in total silence in the attic. Uh, he would read and write science fiction stories. Uh, and Dolly would mail his stories out and to publishers, and some of them were actually published. Uh, Otto would later describe himself as Dolly's sex slave and claimed that they made love up to eight times a day. Jesus. Mm, that is slavery. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Fred remained unaware of Otto's presence in the house. So by 1918, Otto had been living in uh, the attic for five years undetected. 
uh, having regular sex with Dolly and even publishing some of his stories under a pen name. Meanwhile, Fred began questioning his sanity. He heard inexplic inexplicable noises coming from the attic. His cigars kept going missing and he could swear that strange shadows passed outside his bedroom door um, at nighttime. So he's thinking that the house is like haunted or he's going crazy or something like that. So he decided that they were going to move to Los Angeles and didn't realize that this, you know, occurrence that he's experienced is going to actually follow him. So uh, they moved to Los Angeles, but however, Dolly moves Otto to LA ahead of time. And he basically waits there in the attic for them to arrive. So uh, in LA, um, the marriage between Fred and Dolly starts to deteriorate. Fred begins to drink even more than usual and arguments between the couple become very violent. And then everything comes to a head, of course it does, August 22nd in 1922. So they get into a particularly brutal fight um, and believing that Dolly was in danger, Otto emerged from the attic and retrieved two 20.25 caliber pistols from the bedroom bureau. In the, on, in the ensuing struggle, Otto shot Fred three times, killing him. So the two lovers then hastily staged a scene to make it look like it was a botched burglary, you know, which I guess makes sense because nobody knew that Otto was in the attic. That's, so, that's true. No one would know, you know. Um, so Dolly gave Otto all of the cash in the bedroom, as well as Fred's diamond watch. Otto then locked Dolly in the closet and tossed aside the key before returning to the attic with the money, watch, and the pistols. Uh, upon being summoned by neighbors who reported the gunshots, the police, unaware of Otto's presence in the house, strongly suspected Dolly's involvement in the murder, but were unable to explain how she could have locked herself in the closet. Uh, to, so um, Dolly actually would inherit her husband's millions and she bought herself a new house. Uh, so Dolly, sorry, Dolly would, uh, would, so Dolly would inherit her husband's millions and she bought herself a new house with a very spacious attic. <laughs> That's another pause for you guys to soak that all in. So the husband's dead. Why would you still need an attic? He's got a good scheme going. Just, yeah. <laughs> I weird. mean, yeah. <laughs> so after the murder, Otto continued to live in the attic for another eight years. That's another, <laughs> pause. another pause for you to what? Think. <laughs> think about that one. Wait, so um, he's living in the attic and she's just downstairs Yeah. by herself? Because the husband's dead, right? Yeah. What? 
So the only <laughs> notable change in the relationship was that Otto was permitted to have a typewriter now, uh, as there was no longer anyone who could hear it. Um, even though there was no need for him to continue hiding in the attic, after a decade, the lover's relationship had shifted into one of, of um, dominance and submission. So that's kind of their thing now, is this uh, attic role play situation. <laughs> so years later, Otto would tell a jury that he was Dolly's sex slave imprisoned by his love for her. So uh, Dolly begins carrying on an affair with her personal attorney, Herman Shapiro, uh, who she had hired after being suspected for Fred's murder. Uh, in 1930, Sh Shapiro, uh, Herman, became suspicious after Dolly gave him the diamond watch she reported stolen uh, by the burglars uh, that belonged to her murdered husband. Um, she stated that she had later found the watch in the front yard and that the thieves must have dropped it or abandoned it during their escape. But like, how bold is that? Like, people always do this, though, in, like, every murder that, like, we, you know, come across, like, when they get found out, it's always because they're just, like, sloppy with one small thing, you know? It's like, why didn't you keep the watch in the attic? Why did you feel like your new lover needed your old husband's watch, you know, at all, mm -hmm. when you have millions? So, uh, Roy Clum. Uh, another of Dolly's lovers soon discovered that she was having an affair with Herman Shapiro. Uh, he went to the police and informed them that Dolly had given him a pistol shortly after the murder, asking him to dispose of it in the La Brea tar pits. In the tar pits. In nice. the tar pits. Nice. nice. I'm not going to um, lie. It's a cool spot. That is a cool spot. <laughs> I don't know what the tar pits were like in the 30s. I'm imagining they're not like they are now, where it's like obviously like a museum. That's that's um, a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. That also seems very specific, you know, um, and dramatic. You know, it just seems like such a crime novel thing. Right. Yeah. Like, get rid of this. Throw it into the tar pits, baby. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, so a neighbor told, uh, also told police that Dolly had given him yet another pistol shortly after the murder, asking him to, to dispose of it because it too closely resembled the gun that killed her husband, and she didn't want to get into trouble. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. So the neighbor actually buried the pistol under a rose bush in, in his garden. Uh, police were able to recover the pistols from both locations. Uh, although badly decayed, both weapons were determined to be of the same caliber that killed uh, Fred. So Dolly is arrested under suspicion of murder, but she is still unable to explain. Uh, well, they're still unable to explain how she locked herself in the closet and were forced to drop the charges and release her from custody. So during the hearing, she made another damning mistake when she asked Shapiro to bring food to her attic-dwelling vagabond half-brother. 
<laughs> right? Like back to the what? vagabond. <laughs> right? Like oh my goodness. Uh so uh Otto was actually happy to see Herman. Um, cause he actually went up there and brought food and I'm sure he was like, what in the hell? Like, I, I need to go up there and see what's going on. You know, what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, so Otto hadn't spoken to another human in over a decade and, uh, actually ends up oversharing with Herman, um, about his relationship with Dolly and, he eventually gives up the information about shooting Fred, you know? And, you know, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if you haven't had a normal conversation with a person in over 10 years, like, I guess you don't know how to like not share every detail of your life, you know? Um, So who can blame him for that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Otto was arrested and tried for mon- for uh, try- manslaughter. Uh, so Otto was arrested and tried for manslaughter. Uh, the unusual circumstances of the case soon reached the press, where they dubbed Otto to be the Batman because he's in the attic, you know. Um, so. I don't know why I had to explain that to you. Um, But Otto was convicted of manslaughter, but later released because the statute of limitations had expired. Uh, He changed his name to Walter Klein and moved to Canada, where he married another woman, when he eventually relocated back to Los Angeles and lived out the remainder of his life in obscurity. Uh, Dolly's trial ended in a hung jury, Uh, with most of the jurors leaning towards acquittal. And in 1936, the indictment against her was finally dropped. And she remained in Los Angeles until her death in 1961 at the age of 80. So, yeah, that's like a whole lot of something. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Um, You know... Uh, when I heard this story, I was just like, so, yeah, like, I don't even have any words for that. I'm just like, so confused and, you know, with so much going on, yet they still got away with everything in Mm -hmm. the end. So, um, usually I have some sort of like moral thing at the end where I'm like, Hey, yeah, don't do this. Don't do that. And you won't get in trouble. But apparently you can lock a person in the attic for 10 years and, uh, cut them off from all, um, you know, all of society, have them kill your husband and you'll still be fine. So, you know, and you can even get them into a separate house attic. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) What the heck? What year did you say it happened again? Thirty. This is in the nineteen between nineteen eighteen and nineteen thirty. Oh, okay. Okay. Because so, I, I actually looked up when Batman was created. It was in like nineteen thirty nine. So yeah. I'm sure there was no connection. You know. I mean, that would be probably, hilarious. It could have been something like they had just read the title from the newspaper and saw Batman and was like, "Oh, that could be really cool." 
superhero, you know, which would make sense. Um, right, yeah. This is not the first time I've heard to someone being referred to as like the Batman, you know, Batman, Mothman, this and that, you know, is pretty common. Um, but I just like saw this story of the Batman of LA and I was like, oh, it's like a cryptid or something like that, that I thought, mm-hmm. you know, um, and everything. But didn't we also do the true story behind Batman on another episode? Like it was actually like a person that would dress up like a bat who's like a vigilante. If not, I'm gonna look That's it up. I'm pretty exactly. sure it's based off of like a Robin Hood type of person from history. If you guys know, please email like, me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive it. on that. I, I do remember watching a video of like Stan Lee coming up with the Spider-Man concept. And it was, it was really disappointing because he was like, I was looking at the wall and I saw a fly and then I thought fly man. Then I thought, what about Spider-Man? It's like, that was the origin of it. I was like, oh man, that's kind of, that's not as interesting as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I'm like, do I look up how Batman was created? (laughs) I mean, but uh, where that's like a completely different universe, right? No, that's true. Yeah. Bob, Bob Kane created Batman. I'm pretty sure it was just because Superman was popular at the time and mm. they wanted to do like a darker thing. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing to do with your sex life being in the attic. Uh, yeah. Oddly enough. Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. That's just that one episode of Batman we never discovered. That'll be the um, new Batman that's coming out. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed that episode of my weird little podcast. I hope that was weird enough for you freaks out there. Uh, If you want to hear a specific story or a specific weird genre, feel free to email us at myweirdlittlepodcast at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the socials, you know, you know where to find me. I'm pretty sure you're already stalking me. That's probably you right out there under the bush <laughs> um so you know just knock on my window shout it out hey we want to hear about cryptids um and i will do my best to accommodate and i hope you all have another uh spooky day in your life of creepiness and uh stay spooky everyone Ooh.